0: Hi, I'm Joe. And I'm Ricky. And this is season three, episode 21 of the Beer and Broadband podcast. It should come out on November 9th, 2020. And um, we've got really like a half and half show. I'm going to talk a little bit about tech. I'm going to talk a little bit about brewing. Um, but first, we have the Crush Raspberry Sour. And. This is 6.5% ABV. Um, It is from 10 Barrel Brewing Company. Um, It says drink beer outside, which I'm not really sure um, why this is called a beer. I'm not sure that it's actually a beer. It looks more like a cider, but a sour could have um, a red haze to it instead of being yeah like um whatever so I don't know if it's a beer or a cider,
1: I think it I mean it has to be a beer, you'll get in a lot of trouble, like it's against the law to label it as one and not the other
0: well, so, it doesn't say it doesn't say beer, it just says crush uh,
1: sour I mean it contains wheat, okay on the side of it no, so, i
0: didn't I didn't read that, so then I guess it's a beer.
1: I do see your point though it just the tagline just says beer it's not necessarily advertising itself as beer
0: and so what do you think of the taste
1: it's really good i actually really like this yeah got a little bit of the sour but it's like a sour that works really well with the raspberry like it's almost the same type of sourness you get from a raspberry it's
0: definitely a beer or a malted beverage um and the smell to it that that was what threw me off because it smells a bit like a cider because it's so fruity, but this is a really nice sour fruit beer. I think is what it is. Probably, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, give me some notes off of it, man. What are, What are you getting out of it?
1: I mean, you get a little bit. just a little tiny bit of hops, not too much. You get a lot of raspberry. That's like they've gone all in on that. And you get a little bit of that weediness you get from like a really light, like almost like a Belgium style wheat beer.
0: Yeah, it's um, wheat and sweet, and the sour is mostly like um a sour berry, which is yeah. good. Like, the kind of thing that you'd get from, like, if you have a little bit of a tart strawberry or a little bit of a tart raspberry, which is a raspberry sour, so yeah. that's great. And then it has the nice raspberry flavor. I love it.
1: Yeah, that's really good. I'm glad, too, because... I told you I had a hard time finding some of these. The only way I could find this one was in a six pack. I was like, man, I hope I like it because this boss bought six of them. Yeah, me and my wife will go through these.
0: Oh, dude, I'm sorry. I oh, realize, but, right. At least it turned out to be a good beer.
1: Yeah, all but right. that, that's a no for everybody, guys. Total Wines, they carry a lot of the same inventory in the six pack, but the like free form, build your own six pack ones, um, I think is just based off of, I guess, whatever they have the most in stock of. Maybe. Or something like that that poor guy <laughs> i told my wife "No, we won't we won't bring anybody over you know it's not that important i've got a thing or two here in six packs and the guy walked i was said, do you need any help and my wife just said yes we do <laughs> and so this poor guy tried to find every single beer on the list and uh it was not very successful
0: all he needed to do was find like three yeah um, i
1: already had two yeah so but it took a while to find um the one they had we actually looped back around and found one they had a foster section which is where they took me to try and find the, the cbs but all they had was kbs he's like oh i just don't know then but then when we got into another section that's where the kbs was i guess cbs not the kbs a CBS, i guess maybe yeah. seasonal versus not seasonal or something like that uh, and they it's,
0: it's it's two different it's two different brews that they have from their thing. The, they're both breakfast stouts, but one is a, um, one's Kentucky and I forget what the other one is. Okay.
1: Um, it was like a limited hold item just because he took me to a Foster's section, which is why we gave up. We didn't see CBS. They had like ten Foster's beers, but then there was a whole other section that only had just the one. It had the CBS. Is it is it,
0: uh, Foster's,
1: Founders. Founders? Sorry, yeah, yeah Founders.
0: Okay, I was just making sure.
1: <laughs> no, no, yeah, it was a whole thing, that four guys.
0: Foster's is a beer com- company, but yeah. they're from Australia, not from Colorado, I believe. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. yeah, yeah. They, they I tricked
1: mean, me too, man. They, we thought, we thought everything was alphabetical, and it's not. <laughs> it's just almost all alphabetical.
0: Yeah, they don't, they, they, the Total Wines in, in this area of North Carolina... They do not have good organization at all. Um, I can't say that they do. the The only reason that I that I can go to the one near me, um, and you know, the I'm just gonna start buying two of everything from now on. and that way, you know, if whatever I'm gonna whatever we're gonna do for the podcast, I'll just make sure you come over and pick it up.
1: Nah, it's all uh, good. Yeah, we found them. We got the three. It's just, uh, I'll need to know for next time. What I need to do is just not spend the whole time in a single section. Because in my mind, I was like, okay, well, he probably did like, well, you sent me a picture. It's like, they're all individuals, So they'll be in the individual section. Where most of the stuff we found was like in the tr- the regular, like, are the six-pack sort of thing. Yeah.
0: The more I drink of this beer, the more beer it tastes, and the less, like, my as my palate starts to get adjusted to it the more the more it tastes like a beer and i'm drinking it out of a little taster glass like one of those little uh, southern tier um you know taster glasses that are for like whiskey and stuff like that uh it's not not a um um ah, the 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 actual whiskey tasting glass but this one's like a i don't know it's a little little taster <laughs> that's the only thing i know to call it um, but, uh, you know, it, the more it kind of blossoms as a beer, I guess, instead of, instead of like confusing me, because originally when I first took a sip of it, it was very fruit forward. So it was like, is this a cider? Cause this doesn't taste right. Like, but no, it's, it's definitely a fruit beer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty happy with it. So, um, I had my first like actual, like, this thing is so active it just blows through the um the airlock on the top and is just spewing brew out of it okay um it was it was really interesting the so the fir- i made a gallon of piment the first time and um it had some it, it was very active and it, it blew up in the airlock a little bit but this is the first time I've had like an actual blowout and i was remaking because I, you like that pie mint so much. I was like, maybe I should make another one and then I can just give, and give you a bottle of it. You know, mm. uh, instead of giving you like a 12 ounce bottle, you could actually have like a wine bottles worth. Um, well, it, it it's very active, man. <laughs> it's super active. Um, this time I had put in some of the, um, uh, yeast holes, into Mm-mm. it and gotcha. it just yeah, yeah. It, it went nuts it went crazy
1: oh yeah um, with it, enough food in there these commercial yeasts will just blow through stuff i mean i've had primaries finish in like a week
0: it might it may already be done
1: yeah um, could because be.
0: It's, not, it's not going but i i mean like it, it was all over the floor it was all, you know just it was everywhere um so i'm gonna i'm gonna check again i one thing i can say is having tried it without and with it's only slightly more active with uh compared to without. Hmm, um okay. for the first time I did this and same same recipe using the same stuff, same way, right? The only thing that I can I can compare between the two though is I put fermax in the capsicumel, the, the capsicumel that I made and it didn't go. It's not as potent as yeast holes for some reason. Yeah. It just doesn't seem to be um so i feel like it still does something good there but it's just it's not as like oh potent um which you know the 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 blowout i've got to figure out some way and i've seen some people do a thing where they put tube down inside like the airlock mm-hmm. and then like put it over into a um thing of water like a yeah. thing of sanitizer yeah. and that's how they do their um, you know, airlock thing for like a couple of weeks, like like a mason jar full mm-hmm. of sanitizer. Yep. I'm thinking about doing that from now on. Okay. Uh, whenever I have a very vigorous wine or mead or something like that.
1: Gotcha. So, yeah, yeah. If there's not enough hidden space, which is hard to do in like a one gallon for like a really active fermentation. I mean, you only really be putting in like half a gallon of stuff. That Those sort of like overflow systems are really good. Yeah.
0: I think that's what I'm going to do from now on, just have them all. So I I guess the question is, can I have them all go to one sanitizer bucket? Or can they go to like, or do they have to go to like a different one? So could I set it up so that the airlock kind of system goes all to one sanitizer container?
1: Yeah, I mean, you should. I mean, at no point should you ever have negative pressure. So nothing should ever be getting pulled back in.
0: Yeah, exactly. So um, that that's what I'm thinking about doing is just setting up like one, and then having um everything go into that. Like maybe making yeah. a gallon of sanitizer and using one of my one gallon jugs mm-hmm. to do that. So we'll see. I've got I've got ideas about that. Um, so the capsiscamel, uh, I also made it. Um, and um, this experiment I'm, I'm gonna wait till next week to see what happens with it. So uh, probably the next time we record, I'll have some more information around that. But the, so I I did Serrano. It was Serrano peppers. I put three Serrano peppers and one jalapeno into two different identical batches Mm -hmm. of mead. Uh, So basically I made the mead and then in the primary of each I I dropped them down inside. Um, So I'm going to be... It's going to be kind of interesting to see how that goes. I didn't put anything else in there. I didn't put any raisins. I just put a little bit of firmax. Those things, dropped them down in. They were not... They have not... They've been active, but they have not been as active as the pie mint that I made at the same time. Um, So I wonder how that's going to turn out. And I wonder... I took all the seeds out, took all the veins out. So I wonder how much... um, they're going to, you know, kind of give that flavor to the, to the mead. And if they're going to give any heat, like, uh, the ginger, um, you know, mead that I made really gave a lot of ginger heat. Like yeah. it's, it's in there. I wonder if these are going to give any, cause I took the veins and the seeds out. So I don't know that they will.
1: But I mean, they'll so. still give you some, there's still some heat in the flesh. It's just way dialed down. I think um, it's just going to depend on, there's going to be some ratio there of how much pepper flesh to like gallon of liquid do you need. Which I, I don't, I'm i not experienced enough to tell you where that is. I know that the way you're going about it is how a lot of people like to go if you have like the flavor of the pepper, but not very much heat into it. Whereas like a lot of places, if you're going to go for like a spicy one, they won't even put the flesh in all the time. Sometimes we'll just put in a couple of seeds.
0: Right. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do another one because I'm I'm going to go through a run of cap I'm going to figure out like the right thing so I'm probably going to buy some more jalapenos drop them in um, with the peppers with the pepper seeds in them I'll probably put those in a bag and leave them in for a certain amount of time and just see what it does Um, and then I'll probably make another one because I'm going to use all the same recipe I think it was like Three or two and a half um, pounds of honey to one gallon, and so you know I'm gonna go through figure that out. And if it ends up being you know really uh, spicy or something like that, I may do a blend with one of the less spicy ones to like tone down that heat mm-hmm. uh, before I bottle it. I don't know, we'll see. But I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna figure it out because I feel like this is the right sort of thing to have like in fall or spring like something that's kind of like a a spicy a spicy uh you know mead so looking forward to it um and i'll let you the next time we talk about this whatever i back sweeten anything like that i'll try to remember because you know when i talked about the um the uh apple wine that i made that i really liked like i thought it was really good um but the i i I didn't talk about the back sweetening, so gotta talk about the bat sweetening. Um, so, let's talk about subscription-based programs. And subscription-based programs aren't necessarily all evil. So I want to preface that right now, before we go and start talking about this, because we may say some negative things here. Um, but I am—I I feel like there's a bit of a subscription fatigue going on and um i kind of stopped like when disney plus came out and they were like you can you know you can only get disney stuff and they started taking it off other channels and content providers that they had been partners with for Mm -hmm. like years um you know then i was i was kind of like ah that's too many subscribers you're you're getting a little bit greedy right Mm -hmm. um you know same thing goes with like cameras and things like that you know google and amazon and some of these other companies they bought up these small companies that they started out with if you buy the hardware and you use our product line you're never going to have to have a subscription fee there'll be some optional things that you can do for maybe a subscription fee but you don't ever have to have it Mm -hmm. and they bought these companies and then they went to well now you have to have a subscription fee, you know, nest yeah. and 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 blink and some of those other things. Um so what is what is too much? Like at what point are we are we like, man, I just I need to I, I need to dial this back some, you know. So I'm I'm curious, what are your thoughts on that?
1: I mean I'm a little conflicted on it. On, on one hand, there's nothing really inherently wrong with a subscription model. You know, a subscription model works really well for tons of stuff. I mean, think about, you know, I get bespoke box, you get playVR. those are awesome. If you really extrapolate it, really the subscription model is just about having recurring payments. So people love that sort of stuff in like the utilities. You know, I'm sure if you talk to the internet company, they'll never admit internet has pretty much become a utility. They'll call that a subscription-based service, you know, things of that nature. The problem I have with them is it really does, and I think this is where companies like it so much, they squeeze money out of people when you start hitting that line of, I'm not sure I want this anymore. You know, everyone will cancel the subscription if something happens like, oh, I just don't like this, get rid of it. When people are on the fence, you know, how many times have you wanted to go, I'm going to go cancel some service. And then you forget, and then they get another month out of you, and you don't remember until you get the next bill. Oh, hey, I meant to cancel that. You know, that was kind of what the whole beef with developers and the Apple stores wanting the. Uh, The card information for a free trial is the idea that, hey, look, we can get some more extra money out of people that might not necessarily really want to use our product because we'll get them with, oh, hey, you forgot. And that's kind of scummy. So I guess that's kind of where I sit with it. If everybody wants to extrapolate their own content out, sure. You know, Disney made that decision, played out pretty well for them because how popular their content is do you just want to make some subscription service to your game okay sure cool if the people sign up for it they sign up for it i guess i just know at some level someone thought of the idea well the reason we should charge monthly is you know we're going to get a couple people especially for these cheaper services they're only a couple bucks that are gonna forget they have us and we'll bill them for a year before they figure it out you know
0: yeah. I, but I, I, so that is one problem that I have with it. It's like you, it's an, it's an opt out service, not an opt in. So, you know, a lot of those things, they, they end up getting you. And then it's like, yeah, your first, your first month's free and then your second month is seventy five ninety nine, and it's a recurring payment. And if you, you can't get a, you know, a refund and other things like that. Um, th- those are, you know, always scummy practices I, and, and for the longest, I mean, we're, subscription models have been around for, for, for a long time. Yeah. Um, I think the thing is, is the popularity of it. So like companies jumped on the idea of microtransactions um, when, and, and whether you're talking about apps or whatever, there's still a lot of companies that are using the microtransaction model to be able to get stuff out of you. Uh, same thing with like subscriptions, you know, like the, those are things that people are doing and they're just, they've got these, you know, subscriptions and and they try to like whittle you down, you know, it's like $2 a month, $10 a month, the same thing that cable had this is like a problem. Um, I think really the the problem though is that so many companies want subscriptions right now. It's a, it's a way, it's a popular way for companies to make um money and so like if this then that is no longer free it's a subscription-based service now yeah um you know and that means that you don't you don't have the ability for your your tie-ins to work but they had promised originally you know we'll always have like a free service or whatever well their free service now is like one thing that works are the tie-ins um and Okay, I understand. People need to get paid. I am definitely, like I said, the preface of this, not against people getting paid or there being some sort of. But at some point in time, you have to ask yourself: Am I am I really doing something that's worthwhile, or am I am I just trying? Am I just being greedy and trying to to for, force people? From doing something where I had uh, an income stream, it might not have been the most income I could make, but I had an income stream that came in and it was giving me something and it was based off of this other subscription that was already happening. And that's kind of what happened with Disney Plus. I don't think, I think that people, let, let me back this up a little bit. I think that one of the problems with subscription services with everyone trying to go to it is that eventually, especially in an overcrowded market, you're going to get to a place to where people don't want to pay for that subscription. Because whatever you're doing is not different enough from whatever else someone else is doing to be able to make that happen. I mean, so Disney yeah. Plus, $10 a month. Um, uh, Netflix is like $12 a month. Amazon Prime ends up being like you know, twelve dollars a month or whatever. When you start stacking all that up together, it's the same thing as cable. Why why have anything different at that point? Basically it's you 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 made everything so different it became the same. It's the same sort of thing like when they talk about, you know, you you were the hero and then you were the hero long enough to watch yourself become the villain. You know, you you did all these things and then you just kinda like screwed it up. So I think especially since we may have some developers in our audience and things like that it it's a good thing to think about if you're out there not just following the norm but trying to think ahead because right now if you're trying to get into the subscription service game you probably are at some point in time as a developer going to have to move out of that because you're going to you're going to move away from that. Now, if, you, if you're just following that trend, that may be fine for you because you just keep on making a little bit of money. But you may want to think about, like, what's the next thing and how do I get tied into that before someone else does it? Um, and that way, you're kind of the leader of the pack. But also, maybe you can find a better way to do that that isn't evil, you know. Um, because really what it feels like to me is that corporations are getting this stuff and they're like, well, you know, if we can just if we can just get most of the money that people that people have every month to come back to us, then we won't have to pay as much to our employees. They just get these services as part of being part of us, you know, or something like that. Like it just, it, it, it feels a bit disingenuous, I guess. Um, the, the more, the more I think about it and there are some necessities like a utility like the phone line that you, you talked about before where you end up paying a monthly cost for that. However, those have laws, especially in like first world countries that say they have to do certain things. And even if you can't pay, they have to like make sure that you have, like you're not going to die because you don't, you know, don't have access to these things or you somehow doesn't like make it so that your, your life is, like destitute or something like that. Now, now that, like, like heat and stuff like that in the winter, uh, there, there's some regulations around that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't really count those as subscription services. The things that that you know are are not regulated like that are subscription services. So, you know, your Spotify's, your um, Bespoke boxes, they are subscription services. And Flaviar. the difference between that and like a Spotify when my, when my subscription service to World of Warcraft, Spotify, um, to anything else that, that is more along that lines, you know, Netflix, Amazon, whatever, when those things go away, I don't have anything left over that was given to me when Bespoke or Flaviar or something like that's done. I still have the product that I bought through that subscription service, you know, that $50 a month that you pay to, subs- to, to, um the subscription service for uh loot crate or whatever, you're still getting like some sort of product left over. It may not I mean it may not have been worth it, but
1: <laughs> you still yeah, get. Yeah, but it. I mean, that's outside of subscription models though. That's just how software as a service works. You know, and that's kind of the whole separate conversation which I'm I'm really not for. This idea that, well you just you know you never really own the software. Maybe it never even really runs on your machine. It's just some client that connects to our back end. And we're just serving you software when you send us some fee that doesn't really get you anything other than, you know, a year of access or whatever.
0: Yeah, that's exactly kind of the the direction I'm going. Software as a service and subscription services, when they're tied together, they kind of make this evil sandwich. That's not really good. And as people that do development for a living and, and do some of these other things, I look at this stuff and I'm like, okay, that's okay. In some situations. So like, Um, I totally don't mind paying $10 a month for a, for being able to listen to music, you know, to be able to explore, you know, any music that I want to, that's in the service and do things like that. What I do mind though, is that everybody comes out with a subscription service that's competing and they it, like, I can't use your subscription service on this platform because you've got your own subscription service that's in competition. That, that at that point becomes very monopolistic and like all these other things. It's, it's like this, it's just, it gets bad. So yeah, I, there's, there's
1: too much competing. I get that. I mean, it, it's, it's, what the free market does when it sees money. You know, everyone comes out with their version, they try and be the best version, but they never really invest the resources to become the best version. But it ties back into what you were saying earlier about microtransactions. I mean, the whole reason we're seeing the subscription-based service is it's what makes a lot of money right now. When microtransactions were the number one thing, tons of places through microtransactions just into their products, or even built products entirely around the idea of, well, we'll microtransaction it, and that's how we'll get our money. You know, all these, you know, mobile apps and things like that. And this is just the next trend. It's just chasing what is the most profitable thing right now. Because eventually, like you said, people are going to get tired of it. They're not going to have, you know, 20 different streaming services. So when they stop making money, someone will come in and say, well, here's the new thing. You're already starting to see that a little bit with these like conglomerate hubs that are kind of like a step in between, like your Rokus and stuff that are like, well, we'll just put all the apps right here and i remember hearing about one thing that was i don't think it's out yet It was gonna be a bit more expensive and it had a subscription to all the stuff so you just did one big overarching subscription to it and then it sub subscript to all the other ones you know but eventually it'll break down and there will be the what? new product and when we're so, old men the hot fresh product will be you actually own it when you buy it you just put it on your computer and no one can take it from you yeah we'll pretend like it's new
0: yeah, that that's exa- You're exactly right. But that the 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 conglomerate subscription model, do you know what that is? It's something that already exi- that existed for years before.
1: Yeah, I mean it's pretty much cable if you think about it. On that, like yes, TV. exactly right. That's what yeah. it is. <laughs> it's
0: cable it is it is the cable subscription model so basically we're going from oh we were breaking the cable model we were disrupting it to the disruption for the disruption for the cable model is the cable model
1: yeah it's cable is um, just built in dvr like well now you can watch yeah. anything at any time i mean heck they already brought commercials back
0: yeah uh, i mean that it, it's it's just madness but yeah so if you're a developer that's you know starting something out on your own maybe think more about like well, actually the people cuz uh, well th- this is one of those things that I think about it, the, you you do, people don't owe you something for giving them access to your service your aside from the money that they pay you they they owe you money but your service is actually like dependent on them you you really need to make sure that they're happy and so if they're not then even if they don't understand that whatever it is is taking advantage of them, eventually they're not going to be happy with that, and they'll move away. If you keep them happy, they'll stay with you. So,
1: yeah, I'm, well, I'm well, not see, even talking the about glory. loyalty. I'm
0: just saying, like, the if they're happy, they'll stay, right? Yeah.
1: But well, see, that's the glorious subscription model. That's why it's so popular. It's since it's harder to leave because it's not a big expense. You know, it's an opt-out service. And some places make it hard. We signed up for like a little like snack box house wanted to do. And we thought about canceling it for a little while because we had like two bad boxes that weren't very good. Uh, The third one ended up being really good. So we we kept it. But I went to cancel and it tricked me. It tricked me with a fake cancellation. It's like, oh, you're going to cancel? What's your effective cancel date? And it's like, okay, well, boom, it's like tomorrow. Why in the world would I want to cancel like months in advance? And quit, but I didn't read the fine print enough. That's like your pause date, and once it's paused, then you can go in and cancel it for real. So I paused it for one day, and then it turned itself back on, and we got that third box.
0: <laughs> That's fantastic.
1: You know, like they they do these things. They make it harder for you to cancel. One, if you're just not very expensive, like these, you know, ten bucks a month services, especially if you bill through like a third party. How long is it gonna take for that person that stopped using your thing? Maybe they weren't even dissatisfied. satisfied. They're just, you know, it's some little subscription thing for music, like, oh, there was one song I wanted, I got it off of this service. And then, oh, okay, so I'm getting billed by, you know, I've seen a couple of these, they're like, VM, da, 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 whatever, just some, some third party in between company. It took my wife like six months to figure out what that was when i kept asking her like oh this is the thing i thought i canceled but they got an extra six months of money out of us for us not even i think probably opening their app
0: like nice. that's what
1: i dislike so much about the subscription models is when you make them difficult to cancel and you purposely take these actions to make it harder for people to find out where their money's going you're just leeching money off of people regardless of if you had a product to begin with if you're sitting down in your marketing room and you're trying to say okay how can we trick somebody into saying for one month more that's just bad that's immoral
0: yeah i i mean i totally agree i totally agree with that and i think that's the that that is the crux of these sort of talks that we're having around this is that you know what are are you thinking about this from like the standpoint of what's the ethical thing to do Uh, or you just say, I just want money. And if it's just about corporate greed, that's probably not a good idea.
1: Yeah. So,
0: well, I think that's the end of this episode. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think we hit everything.
0: All right. Well then uh, this is season three, episode 21 of the beer and broadband podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We have Twitter and stuff like that, that, you know, you guys can like check out otherwise um, we'll catch you next time.